Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Baggies broadcast. My name is Luke Hatfield. I am joined by just the one person today, but he's a man you all know well. He's Mr. Matt Wilson, our West Brom correspondent here. Matt, how are you today? Yeah, fine. I'm still ill. I've been ill for about a week and a half. Um, just coming through the back of it, I think. So, uh, fingers crossed. Um, it picks up. Unlike Albion's form. Well, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, the snow probably might not have helped. A bit cold. Uh, I tell you what, it was a struggle getting into work on Friday. I didn't make it in Friday. Did you make it in? Yeah, I did. It was easy, mate. Just, you know. Did you drive? Yeah. Oh, it's easy. Man. Driving all the way from Stratford. Fair it's all about see. peace of mind, pal. So if you can, if you want to do it, you can do it. <laughs> That's it, all mental. Um, I mean, West Brom, Watford... I mean, it was a trip for you, but again, you made it despite the snow. Peace of mind, does it again? Um, an improved performance, but as much as it can be improved, there was no improvement on the result, was there? No, and I think that's that's the um, the funny thing about it. I say funny; it's it's the damning thing about it. You know, mm. I personally thought Watford were really poor, and they were misplacing passes, and they were pretty sloppy in possession, and they were there for the taking. Albion actually showed some fight and some commitment, which was welcome after. The horror show that was Huddersfield, um, and you know it looked at one stage like they were going to go on and win the game, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in the second half, and then you know Rondon misses all those chances which Rondon tends to do, and um, a miscommunication in midfield between Chris Brunt and, and Gregor Krakowiak um, allows Will Hughes to get the ball, and one pass splits the whole defence and. Troy Dini scores his one chance of the game and mm. it. I just think this team are destined to go down because you know Troy Dini he's a player that I've been looking at for, for you know for a, I got a long time actually about the last 12 months we're going to sign him in January then opted for Daniel Sturridge instead who of course couldn't play because he was injured Yeah, you've got um, you know the one error that they made being capitalised upon Um and I just think, you know, that their fight and their commitment that they showed, it just wasn't enough. And it hasn't been all season, really. And that's the difference. They, you know, they find new and exciting ways to lose games. You know, if they if they score two, they concede three. Mm. If they keep it nice and tight at the back, they can't they can't score themselves. So um, the funny thing about the goal was that everyone was pretty numb to it and everyone was just like yeah that's what we saw come in mm. you know this this team has made a habit this season of dominating games failing to make those, that dominance count and then conceding in the last 15 minutes and they've done it all year and so nobody was really surprised when Watford scored nobody was really surprised when they lost they, they just they they are just in that losing mentality and um yeah, it. I mean, the the only the, I suppose the surprising thing about about the the weekend for me was was the fact that Alan Pardew kept his job, mm-hmm. and the fact that the fans were so absolutely bloody brilliant um, on Saturday that they deserve they deserve a lot more. They certainly do. I mean, the issue I mean for me is West Brom. They just seem to to lack so much creativity in open play. I mean, you can see him scoring from maybe a corner or a free kick. But, I mean, Rondon again, he's spurned so many chances. Well, not so many. He's, t- he's, he's had a couple of chances. He's spurned them. Is there a bit of poetic irony almost in the fact that Dini was the one to come on and score <laughs> when it was so. It's been so obvious for so long now that West Brom do need a striker like him? It is, although I would caveat that with the fact that Dini's got 
only a handful of goals this season anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's got many more than Rondon, if he, even if he has. I think he's got a four or five. So there was a bit of there was a bit of that, a bit of irony in it. Um, I just think that Albion um, are don't know how to win games. Uh, Rondon, for me, he's not a finisher. He's great. He's a really hard working battler, and I do think he's improved under Pardew. Actually, he's one of the few players who has. Mm. But um, he's just not a finisher, especially with his feet. But even with his head at the weekend, you know, which is meant to be his forte, he put two headers wide, uh, one which was a really good chance. And you just can't afford to miss those chances at this level, where, as we found out all season. Mm. You know, the, the, no, no team in the Football League has got fewer goals than Albion. Um, so and I also think, you know, going back to the Pardew thing, Albion were a bit more secure and a bit more solid because they played five across midfield and they played four, five, one. Yeah. But that wasn't Pardew's idea. That was Chris Brunt's idea. So, you know, I'd, I think it was it, it was probably time for him to go. However, I do understand the argument that actually when it gets, when it gets to this stage, what is the point in sacking him? Because yeah. um, that's essentially what's happened. The board have realised, well, we're going down with whoever's in charge. So do you, you know... Um, cut the cord now on Pardew and, and then you're rushing around to find a new manager and you need to find someone not only who can d- take charge of this team now but who can take charge more importantly in the championship next season or do you wait until the summer when more clubs will be willing to let you speak to them about their managers when more managers will be open to approaches you know we're, we're getting into the business end of the season a lot not many managers thinking about moving clubs at the moment mm. the majority of them are focused on you know trying to get to the playoffs or trying to get in trying to stay off relegation or whatever they're trying to do with their respective clubs. So I do get the argument that actually it would be probably be healthier for the club as a whole if you let Pardew just fester in this mess for a while, see what he can do. You know, it wasn't the incredibly toxic atmosphere that it was uh, for a Huddersfield away game under mm. Pulis uh, from the fans and the fa- and the players didn't completely down tools like they did towards the end of Pulis's reign. So with that that's probably both of those things have saved Pardew. That said, I mean, going back to the game, the mistake which led to the goal, I mean, it's harsh to pinpoint <coughs> these players because Kokoviak's done well of late. Brunt, obviously, has been one of the most creative sparks for Albion. But it's just the kind of luck which Albion have had almost all season long now, isn't it? Yeah, but it's not luck, is it? It's not luck, isn't it? It's just a, a system, a systemic failing uh, throughout the whole team, mm. um, a, a, a lack of confidence, um, a lack of cohesion. You know, their lack of um, that was a lack of communication. That was they both tried to grab the ball when and actually ended up giving it to Will Hughes. And you know, as I said last week on the podcast, when you're seeing Kovac and Evans still battling over who's the um, who the quarterback is, you know, it, this is. These are not. This is not luck. Let's not put this down to luck. It. it, it the. These are failings, and mm. they are failings by the players, and they're failings by the coaching staff as well. Um, they should be better. They are not. They should be better in this. They are not. They have not got a squad. They've not got the worst squad in the league. Mm. Um, and they should be better. And the fact that. And then the fact that they're not is just a massive failing on on, on a lot of people's parts. Um, not just. At the club now, people that have left, you know, in the boardroom, the appointments they've made, and managerial level decisions that Pardew has made, but also the players as well. And they all they all deserve to take some 
criticism and carry the can in in, in some respects for this um, for this uh, situation because it's not just one reason behind it. There's a lot. There's a lot of different reasons behind it, but yeah, it's not luck. Mm. Did you watch match of the day on Saturday by any chance? I didn't. To be honest, I, I got back and I, you know, I was phoning around people and trying to find out what's going on and mm. trying to whilst trying to do my Monday pieces and. I you know I, I don't know about how the fans I mean the fans were flipping brilliant on Saturday and, and um, I wonder if they've they've now accepted their fate and that actually they've decided well do you know what whatever happens we're just going to enjoy enjoy our time um, enjoy the, enjoy the games and go go out with a bang rather than a whimper even though our our uh, team doesn't seem to be able to do that and you know the impromptu rave at half time was absolutely a joy to behold <laughs> it was really quite funny. But for me, um, this season has just sucked all enjoyment of, of football out of me. And I'm now so, ap- not apathetic, but I'm so um, resigned to this team's fate. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, it's been a long old season and I'm yeah. looking forward to it ending. Yeah, I mean, you touched on the fans. Yeah, it does strike me as a sign of the times that they're celebrating a half time, having a laugh. That they are just resigned to the to the uh, impending doom, so to speak. But the reason I asked about match of the day was because they did highlight something which was actually pretty good. I normally I'll tune into match of the day and I'll try and skip the uh, analysis afterwards. But um, they were talking about runners getting around Rondon and he's so so isolated. Is I mean that's something yeah, which but, he needs, isn't it? Yeah, but okay. The reason he's isolated is because they're playing five minute in midfield. Now I said this before when 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 you complain about the four four two because. You get over on a midfield. Well, you complain about the four-five-one because Rondon's isolated. You can't have it both ways. Well, you can actually. If you've got the right personnel. Yeah. Albion don't have the right personnel. They've got they've got a team full of holding midfielders who don't who don't like to get forward. Who don't know how to get forward. You know, they James Morrison would be there. He'd be supporting the striker. You need those players in there. They don't have they don't have those players at their disposal. So then you're looking at Pulis's perversion for holding midfielders as as, as that that's one of the contributing factors. These are all contributing factors to why they're so poor. Mm. And you know Rondos looked rejuvenated in recent weeks, I think, because he's had two men up front I and mean, he's had Rodriguez up front with him, doing so a lot a lot of the running as well and like, trying to work off him. He worked hard on on Saturday, no no doubt. But the reason he didn't look nearly as good. And the reason he looked like the Rondon of old is because he, he was playing in that four five one system and he was the Rondon of old and he is still the same player. And you know, it doesn't matter in some ways, the formation, because they don't have the right personnel as well. Mm. Um, so you can, you know, you, I do actually kind of have some sympathy for Pardew and, you know, because he looked like he was stuttering. He didn't make a sub till nine minutes from the end. And you're like, come on, man, make a change, make yeah, a change, yeah. you know. Drive home this advantage that you've got. It's nil nil. You, you you need to win the game. Make a change. Do something. But then you look on the bench and you see James McLean. Okay, uh, you know he works hard, but Blimey's cost Albion ten points this season. Mm. You see Oliver Burke, who's basically you know a fifteen million pound sprinter, and he hasn't done anything. You see Sam Field, who was another holding midfielder. So you know I love Sam. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a class player, and I really hope they build the team around him next season. But you know, if you're looking at someone to come on and make an impact, I don't know if Sam is that man. And yeah. you know, he, I would argue he needs to be starting. So you look at what he's got, the options he's got, and he hasn't got anything to do, which is why he probably didn't make any changes because actually they were playing all right with what they had, and and he was probably hoping that that would be enough to see them over the line, and it wasn't because it hasn't been all season. And you know, it's 
it's got to the stage now where I, I just think that we have to accept that they're going down mm. um, and it's all about rebuilding and, and uh, for next season and the crucial thing for me now is that they get this appointment because Pardew will go in the summer yeah. you know you can't keep him on regardless of whether he wants to stay or not he's got an end of season break clause in his contract he's ultimately been a failure you have to get rid of him and then it's all about who you employ and you have to get that appointment right because if you don't you are uh, in danger of um, well you you're actually you're in a me you're you're in your long term danger is of becoming a mid falling into mid table obscurity in the championship and, and and that's a very hard league to get out of mm-hmm. but your immediate danger next year uh, is you can't cannot shake off this losing habit and you, and you end up doing what Sunderland and Hull do and you end up fighting relegation again and um, I don't think it's out of the question to 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 be worried about that I mm. really don't because you know it's now four I don't know how many games it is since they you know it's three I think it's three wins in 38 games the championship in the Premier League you know there used to be a big gulf between the two leagues I don't think there is that much anymore I think the championship is an f- extremely tough league yeah. and Albion could be given a massive massive wake up call um, come August if they haven't got their act together and they haven't got the right staff in place it happens. It happens to a number of clubs. I mean, even like we said with Villa, Villa a couple of podcasts ago, when they went down, they didn't expect it, and it hit them hard. So you know, you've got to stand up and uh, make sure you're ready for that. But talking about Alan Pardew, like you said, it was probably the biggest shock of the weekend that he wasn't given the boot after that uh, result. I, I must admit, I was waiting by my computer. I was waiting for an email, um, ready to jump on and start whipping together fan reaction pieces to Alan Pardew's departure, but it never came. Is this, um, as you said? Um, a matter of a lack of replacements, so to speak, being available? Yeah, that's part of it. Um, although I would caveat that with, you know, who you're looking for, who you're looking at. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that there are people out there that, that would do the job. I mean... Don't steal my segment. I've got a segment coming okay, up. Okay, fair this. enough. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm, I, I, I just think that there will come a point, maybe... That you can't keep Pardew on, and mm. I don't. And I'm not saying we've hit it. Perhaps we have. In fact, we probably have, haven't we? Mm. Because of the amount of errors he makes. But um, that is that has been one of the reasons given. You know that and the improved performance against Watford. But let's have it right. I mean, they still lost yeah. to a, to a really dreadful team. You know, Watford have been better under Grazia, but they were poor on Saturday. And you know if that's I mean if that's an improved performance, blimey! I mean, you know, yeah, there was a bit of fight and there was a bit of commitment, but no one really stood out. There's lots of errors, you know. Um, Evans and Higazi made and Brunt and Krakowiak made made errors for the goal. Gibbs was caught out of position so many times. Um, Rondon missed a hatful. You could argue, that, um, you know, I think Phillips played marginally better. He's lucky to keep his place. You could argue that Rodriguez and um, Dawson and Foster, none of them made any mistakes, but they didn't exactly shine. I mean, I would mm. say Dawson was solid enough, kept Richarlison quiet, but Richarlison had an off day. He's had, he's had plenty of off days over the past He has. Foster well. made a great save with his foot. Um, that was about it. Mm. Um, not saying he played badly. I'm, just, you know, I'm saying he, that he didn't have much else to do. Um, and Rodriguez didn't really threaten goal, but he was solid enough. So it's you know you're talking about 
to an improved performance, I'd say them, you know, six out of ten, seven out of ten maximum. You know, it wasn't exactly like, wow, look at this team, mm. um, and they still lost. So, I, you know, I don't know. I can't remember what the original question was, but as you can probably tell, I'm just, I'm just tired of the whole thing because yeah. it's, it's, you know, they're doomed. <laughs> I'm yeah. afraid that's it. I could sense your apathy. I mean, does he still have the dressing room? Do you think, Pardew, or is this a is this a matter of the players checking out now as well? Because that's that's when things well, can that, really go from bad to well, worse. As I've said, I don't think the players have checked out. I've just you know I've just said that they there was a bit more fire, a bit more commitment. That being said, you know they, they do there does seem to be a couple of people who are going through the motions and Evans trying to play offside. Two, I think it's two weeks in a row now and failing. Mm. Now, whether that's Hagazi being out of position, probably is. Whether that, but you know, they said a match today, didn't they? I think that, or someone said Evans, Evans should be tracking that runner. Yeah, he should be at least trying to, you know, put him off a little bit you as know, he was going. They're cutting the corners, aren't they? That's what they're doing. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think that they they probably realise as much as everybody else has come to accept the fact that it's it's too late now. That's it. I mean, if if you're Grouch Online now, do you just? I mean, it's been it's almost been talked to death already. But do you just let him see out the season, Pardew? I mean, is it is it even fair to him, the fans? I mean, it's, it's one of them. We we discussed this last week. No one really knows what to do now, do they? <coughs> Sorry, it's all right. um, I don't know. No, I don't think they do. I think um, you've got a board there. With okay, I've got Mark Jenkins, an accountant, um, Richard Garlick, a money man, Pai Lee, he doesn't know anything about football, mm. uh, Nick Hammond. So, the only person on that board who's a footballing man is Nick Hammond, yeah. And Nick Hammond railroaded Alan Pardew, and Alan Pardew's been a massive failure, yeah. So, do you trust that board to make the right decision? Because I don't, and I especially don't trust them to make the right decision, uh, rushing it now. When there are no so few candidates out there, um, hopefully we will see you know very considered uh, process going on in the summer, and you know I would actually quite like it if Albion went you know a couple of weeks, a few weeks without a head coach or or were you know they actually did a proper proper search and a proper hunt for somebody who could could be the right man mm. and didn't just. Um, go for someone you know for the same old faces like Mark Hughes or someone like that because they've tried that this season and it didn't work and you need to be a bit more in- innovative and a bit more um, imaginative in your appointments you know look at look at Watford they get their appointments spot on every time mm. you know Grazia's turned it around and they do it and they and they have to and they every every person they appoint they get right pretty much so and they you know you, I know they've got the Pozzo family have got great um, resources, you know, in Italy and Spain. But yeah. they, they still, you know, and they know those leagues very well. But they still seem to pull up the right men from those jobs, and they don't have Premier League experience or English football experience. Mm. You know, it's a it's a different um, it's a different world now. And I think I just like to see something a bit more imaginative. I'm not I'm not you know I'm sure you're going to ask me about who who sh- who should come in yeah. coming up, but you know I'm not saying that I've got the answer. I just want them to be. I'd like them to consider maybe, you know, something a bit different. That's it. So, brilliant segue there, actually, Matt. Um, I've got a little bit of a segment prepared where um, 
I'll, I'll give you a name of a manager. You don't have to say whether they'd a, a be interested or not, but you're just going to give me a solid school grade of whether you think Albion should uh, do it. So, for example, if you think it's very good, an A+. Plus. If you don't, an F. So, okay. Simple enough. We'll get started. Uh, the man leading the bookies at the moment, uh, but reportedly having turned down the, the job, according to a, a story in The Telegraph, Marco Silva... Um, I'll give that a C. I mean, yeah, he's he seems like he's a bright young manager, but he got hull relegated and got sacked from Watford. Mm. You know, he hasn't done too much um, in this country. Okay, he's 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 done quite well abroad. Yeah, and um, you know, it wouldn't be it would I. It was. It would be an appointment I would get behind, but he's not going to come, so mm. it's moot. That's it. Uh, Michael O'Neill done very, very well on the international. See, now that I that I would be okay with. I I like. I quite like that idea. Um, okay, club football. No idea how he's going to get on, but the Northern Irish boys speak so highly of him, mm. and um, he's very good at getting you know teams. To perform to the greater than some of their parts. Yeah. The only question is, I suppose, would is his is his football good enough? Now, I would argue that he's you know he's working with what he's got in Northern Ireland, which yeah. is a Premier League back line and not much more in front of it. Mm-hmm. So, be interesting to see how we'd get on. I wouldn't be. I mean, it'd be, it might be a bit of a punt, but I wouldn't be completely against that. They interviewed him in November. Um, when they appointed Pardew. Uh, but I get the impression that maybe O'Neill felt that he was just a box-ticking exercise because Pardew already had the job. Yeah, That might have burnt some bridges mm. and he might not be willing to come back. But we'll see. Yeah, You got a grade for me with that one? I'd give that a B. I'm, I'd be okay with that, yeah. yeah solid. Uh, <laughs> former former Blues boss and third, third in the running. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, Harry Redknapp. F. F. Wouldn't, wouldn't fancy that one, no. No. It's a disaster. Martin O'Neill, seven to one at the bookies. Oh god. Um, I wish I wish this was recorded. And seen your reaction. I don't to know that if name, um, I don't know if the Albion fans would really want a, a, a former Villa manager to come in. Um, listen, you, you never know. He, he, he could be the, he could be okay in the championship. Hmm. I'd give it a C. Derek McInnes. Now that's an interesting one. I like that. I like the idea of McInnes, and um, the reason why I like it is because he loves the club, very, very um, close to his heart, and um, he would. I mean, I know they all give it. I know they all give it their all, but he he would. He would give it his absolute everything to make it work, mm. and um, he's also a leader. You know, you speak to players that played and played when he was a skipper. He, he's just a leader of men, and I, I, I on, in the ways that Pardew might not be, I quite like that idea. Mm. Um, now I know you should, probably shouldn't be sentimental when it comes to uh, managerial appointments, and you should probably appoint them on the basis of their of their qualities. But but football sentimental, isn't it? You know, mm. and and if you appoint someone like McInnes, then you're gonna. Um, get the fans on board and on side and actually as we saw I think on, on Saturday 
having that having the fans behind you is 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 really important. And as we saw, you know, when it, when it came to Pulis, you don't want your club to be divided. You don't want um, you want them all pulling in the same direction. You want the fans on the side. And I just think McInnes would be the right man to do that. I quite like that idea. I'm I'm not going to give anybody an A because you know that would be naive, but I'd give that a B certainly. I, I like that idea. Yeah, and then um, I'll go with a couple of other names which may not have been heavily mentioned as, as the likes of uh, Slavin Bilic and Koeman, who looks very unlikely they'd be even considering the role. Paul Hurst at Shrewsbury Town. Now, uh, our, our colleague Lewis Cox uh, says nothing but good words about Mr Hurst. He's done a fantastic job at Shrewsbury. Um, could he make the step up to a club like Albion? Well, you don't know until you try, do you? I mean, I've interviewed Paul before and he's the lovely bloke actually um, mm. and he's got Shrewsbury playing some, some good stuff and they're doing very well you never know I mean the the thing about this these managers is until somebody takes a punt on them then you don't know now do you want to be the team that takes a punt on them or or do you want to play it safe you know Albion played it Albion have apparently played it safe in mm. recently it hasn't worked so but you know they've also taken a punt on play on on managers like Pepe Mel and things like that yeah. and as and, it, and that hasn't worked so listen you've got to do your due diligence whoever you appoint but Paul Hurst it, it'd be a big step up I think for him um but who's to say that he can't he can't do it i mean if he was impressive enough in interview and if he if he if he you know if he wanted it enough then why not consider him? Um, mm. Yeah, you know, you look at um, Wilder at Sheffield United. Yeah, Blitz League One last season and doing quite doing okay in the Championship this season. You know, it's not it's not absolutely ridiculous yeah. um, to to think that he could do that. Um, the one thing I would argue is a completely different caliber of player at West Brom and there is at Shrewsbury. Um, in the sense of what they're earning, so yeah. you know you've got multi-millionaires at Albion and and, and, and quite, some quite experienced ones as well. You need to have a big personality for that, and as long as Hurst has got that, you know. But it would be a step up. Yeah, I imagine that's probably one of the bigger questions: is can he handle a club the size of Albion? Because no disrespect to Shrewsbury, they're not as big a club as Albion, are they? No, there'd be more, and there'd be more scrutiny, and, and you know you got rather than seven thousand, you've got. 27,000 in the stadium so yeah it would it would be a step up but look until you try these things you don't know mm. uh, interesting one regarding uh, Sam Allardyce obviously in Everton um, and it, it seems it's soured there is there is there a chance that if if Albion were to make I mean they're just talking um, completely you know this isn't going to happen. We don't know, and we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. But say Everton, say West Brom made an approach for Allardyce. Do you reckon that Everton would be happy to part ways with him? I don't know, but I can't see them doing that. I mean, as, mm. I've, as I said earlier on the podcast, I think you know they're sticking with Pardew, and I wouldn't be surprised if he stayed now till Albion were relegated or until the end of the season. You know, unless things go completely sour, I, mm. I just think he's probably here until the last few games of the season. Fair enough, fair enough. I don't think Allardyce would be, I don't think, A, I don't think Allardyce would come, and B, I don't think it's a good idea. Mm. All right. Uh, So we've got plenty of questions coming in from uh, Albion fans all over Twitter. Obviously, you know, a very very sour subject at the moment regarding this, but um, plenty of questions come in. We'll start with some of them for you, Matt. Uh, 
Tom asks, um, how much does it cost to get rid of Alan Pardew, if at all? Will there any be diff- will there be any difference once uh, we're relegated, or is that what the club are waiting for? There's a good question, and it might be the case. Yeah, he's on one and a half million pounds contract a year, mm-hmm. and you know he's got an end of season break clause. So if you sacked him now, you'd have to pay him up to the end of the season. Um, they, uh, there might be a relegation. I don't know if, if there is. There, there, there could be a relegation clause in in that contract, which means that if once I've been mathematically down, they might decide to, to sack him. Mm. Um, I'm not sure, um, or they just might keep him keep him on to the season just to hold the hold the ship hold the reins of the sinking ship and then ditch him in the summer. Yeah. Uh, Jordan asks, uh, who do you think are the top championship players we should be targeting for next season? Top championship players who we should be targeting for next season. I suppose the issue with this is when I mean, again, we're talking about Villa. I shouldn't do it, but when they brought in Ross McCormack, everyone was hailing that signing. Didn't work. I mean, it's not always the players who have done well previously who are going to do well again. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a bit early for me to be commenting on um, transfers. I mean, you know, the the players that are doing the best in the championship this season are probably hoping to go up, aren't they? Mm. Um, Lots of Tom Kearney at Fulham and, and players like that who Albion have looked at in the past, but it's uh, you know it's quite a broad question. I can't really answer that. Who, who like what players Fair should enough. they should they be? I mean, you know, things change so so quickly. Mm. Um, Kev asks, are the owners planning to come over before the end of the season? Uh, they'll probably come over for who have we got at home left? Have we got Man United or Liverpool? Uh, I can, I can They'll probably come over for for one of the big games, yeah, towards the end of the season, because mm. he tends to come over for the uh, top six games, uh, certainly at the Hawthorns anyway. Yeah, um, which uh, is, is interesting in itself, you know. Yeah, got got Liverpool at home in April, maybe that one. Maybe that one. Yeah. Um, Adam Stevens, uh, is it a case of waiting for a, for another bad performance before we see Alan Pardew go? It seems like we're just delaying the inevitable now. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think we're delaying the inevitable. Um, and I guess the other op- the other thing is, what's the alternative? Mm. Um, yeah, it probably is. I mean, say they lose 4-0 to Leicester and the crowd turn on Saturday, maybe that'll be enough to, to get him sacked. But um, if they, you know, lose 1-0 again and put in a respect- respectable performance, he probably won't. Mm. Um I think, as I said, I think it's it's got to the stage now where actually they're thinking what's best for the long term future of the club rather than the short term future. Yeah, Simon asks. Uh, this is an interesting one. Will we win a game again this season? Uh, yes, I think we will. Uh, I don't know actually. Maybe we won't. I think. Uh, no, I think we might win. We might beat Newcastle away or something. Yeah, you got Bournemouth away as well. That's a winnable one. We'll probably win one after we've been relegated. Then. Yeah, when the pressure's off on it. Yeah. Um, Susan Green asks, uh, why? Why do you think Alan Pardew dropped Rodriguez when he had just hit form? Because he wanted to get Daniel Sturridge in the team, and he thought Daniel Sturridge was better and more likely to score a goal. Um, and you know. You could you could argue that Daniel Sturridge is better. He is yeah. a better player. Whether you whether he was more likely to score a goal right then, I don't know because I think Rodriguez was banging form and Sturridge was hadn't played for a while. So 
it was a mistake, wasn't it? I mean, it was, in hindsight, it was a mistake, but you know, we do have the benefit of hindsight, and yeah. uh, I understand why he made the, the decision. But um, I don't know. I would have personally kept Rodriguez in because he, I like him, and and he's he was on form mm. uh, for the first time that season. Yeah, Cole Gatt, um is Hammond under any pressure? And um, would you trust him to be involved in choosing a replacement for Pardew? Yes and no. I mean, when he says pressure, he's under pressure from you know, yeah, the as in the fans and me. <laughs> is he under pressure from uh, China? I think he must be really because, um, although he was sidelined under Pulis, and it would be maybe maybe perhaps a tad unfair to to get rid of him after um, after one transfer window. He's got to have a good. I think he's got to have a good summer transfer window, mm. and he's, you know because Pardew was his man, and it was his the first big decision that he, he he I suppose he had a big say in, and he got it hopelessly wrong. Yeah, uh, I do. You know, you do wonder whether the fact whether Pardew would, and whether another manager, if they weren't so closely linked with Hammond, whether they would have uh, seen out this uh, dreadful. Um, run of games yeah, like he has James Langley uh, I want to know why West Brom sell or just let the youth that comes through rot by not playing them uh, they're the future of the club uh, well the reason they sold Tyler Roberts was so that they could get Daniel Sturridge over the line and um, why they don't play the likes of Sam Field and Jonathan Lecker well Lico doesn't really have the right attitude. Um, and I think we've covered Sam Field before in this podcast, mm. haven't we? You know, Pardew does not trust youth. And he actually uh, mis, um, mistreats youth, mm-hmm. I would say. And, you know, Pulis had that reputation, didn't he? Yeah. I think Pardew's worse. I think Pardew is worse than Pulis, uh, the way he treats youth. At least Pulis, you know, he threw... Sam and, and Tyler and, and, and John into games and he, and when he thought it was right Pardew just seems to not you know the way he's treated Sam he, he basically shutted him out to left midfield against Swansea where he knew he wasn't playing he, that's not his game you know, yeah. he's, that doesn't, he's a central midfielder dragged him off after half time then he plays him against Manchester City away the hardest game of the season and says you know go on Go and prove yourself. Yeah. Well, he's never going to see the ball, so he's just out there to do running. Mm. Um, I think he's really mistreated Sam. I really do. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, a Crepello asks, uh, "Why do you think we're persisting with Johnny Evans? He seems like he's clearly not bothered." Uh, because he's Macaulay's legs have gone, and uh, Ali Gabi is. Well, I don't. I've not seen him play, so I can't comment on how on how well he's played. But I can only go by what uh, Pardew said. That is, that is, that is, he's not ready. Um, mm. So um, that's probably why. Yeah. Um, and WBA MMA asks which players, if any, have relegation release clauses. Release release clauses. I think a few do. I think three or four do. Um, the only one that I know about is Evans and his three million pound release clause. Yeah. But I think three or four do, and you could probably make an educated guess who they were. Um, but uh, I, I don't know exactly who they are. Fair enough. 
Fair enough. Uh, as always, keep them questions coming in. We do appreciate them. We'll quickly talk about the Leicester game, of course. Uh, one all result in uh, October. Do you think there's any hope now, or do the players hold any kind of hope? Um, I think there's no hope for Sayer staying up. There might be hope of getting something from this game, because mm. it's a one-off game, and you never know. And uh, Leicester, although they've been brilliant under Puel, they have started a little bit recently. You know, they needed a, a last-minute free kick from Mares to get a draw against Bournemouth at the weekend. And yeah. they, they, I mean, I'm not saying they're they're in bad form; they're just stuttering a little bit. So you never know. You could get. You could end up another another com, another committed performance. And, and you know, if someone puts their chances away, we could see a, a draw or a victory here. Um, but I, I, I still think the most likely result is probably a defeat, just because I think they've got that losing mentality, and I don't think they're going to be able to get out of it. Um, and I think Leicester's pace has always hurt Albion in the last few years. It's just that we, you know, Leicester have been, I feel like when we've come up against Leicester, we have been second best most of the time. And I think they've got a, they've got a, a better squad, better team, better manager, better players, better setup. Um, they know what they're doing. And they've got that pace as well, which uh, hurts Albion, who are quite slow at times. Is there any hope that we could see the likes of some of Albion's injured uh, trio, so to speak, of Sturridge, Chadley, Morrison being fit? I mean, no, is it is it too? It's still too soon for them. No, they're all out. None, none of them will be available. So um, when when are we looking up for those? So Sturridge is going to miss Leicester at least. Um, I think. I can't remember what part you said on Friday? He might have said he's going to miss the game after that as well. I don't know, I can't remember to be honest, but I think um, Sturridge is definitely out for Leicester. Mm. Might make the game after that. But he was that Bournemouth. Mm. But he'll probably, he, he might not even make that, So, which means he'll be coming back after the international break. Chadley and Morrison are still somewhere off. And uh, I did a story last week saying that they, they won't be seen until mid April. I'm now starting getting the impression that, you know, they'll be lucky to, to, to play this could. this season. And it could be, it could be. We could have seen Morrison in his last game for Albion. Similarly to Chadley, I imagine. If, if yeah, well, similarly when, to Chadley. When West, well, I say when West Brom go down, if they go down, like Chadley does not strike me as the type of player who, who handles the championship very well. He, he, he looked like a player to me who'd try and find a club in the Premier League. He definitely would, but I wonder who would take him. You know, it's a very interesting. I wonder person. who would take him. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure someone will take a punt on him uh, because of he's probably still got a bit of that reputation that. He, left from his first days so I'm sure someone will take a punt to them yeah um, obviously a big game again for Pardew he's given that reprieve almost uh, following the Watford game if Albion don't win does he does he get the does he get the boot or does it depend on the manner of the I think it depends on the manner of the defeat I think it depends on the atmosphere inside the stadium I think it depends on whether there's any anything has changed in terms of uh, people who come in I, I actually think that maybe um, the club uh, not to come out and say he's our man to the end of the season but you know you could you 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 could cut you could, you could see the, you could end the chat couldn't you you could end the chat by by basically saying getting Mark Jenkins to come out and say listen we don't want any more upheaval Alan's our man we're going to hope hopefully we'll be able to stay up but if we can't we'll um, reassess in the summer Mm. And that would end of everything. And I, I, and I, I, as I've said, you know, I, I don't think he's the right man for the job moving forward. But I also understand the argument 
behind um, not keeping him, but the argument behind not not sacking him. If you get my if you get my gist. Yeah. Uh, any changes to be expected? I think they'll probably stick. I mean, what do Leicester play? Four four two normally. Yeah. Well, that's what, oh, they, that's what they that's what they played under when they actually, were in the Premier League, of course. Maybe they, but maybe they don't. Know. Under under Puel, it's been a little bit different, hasn't it? Yeah. So I don't. I don't think they'll probably stick with what they did because they played quite well on Saturday. Uh, I thought Livermore. I mean, I thought Livermore did all right actually. To be honest, when, yeah. when he, yeah, he came back in, yeah, I thought he did better than Barry has done in recent weeks. So I mean, he's he's not flash. He's very functional, but um, he did okay. So I'd probably stay stick with that to be honest, um, and just hope that Rodriguez can pull something out of the bag, or Rondon can put a header on target, or Dawson can score from a corner uh, and go from there. And you know, oh God, I mean, it sounds so sad to say, but that's essentially what we've got. Yeah, that's it. And myself and you will both be there at the game over the weekend. Uh, match prediction: I'm going. Um, I think I think Leicester will have too much. I think it'll be a two-nil away win. I think it might be a draw. This I just I just think they can't. I don't know how they can, they can't keep losing games. I think it'll be a one-all draw. Yeah, I feel like we've said that throughout the season. They can't keep losing games, and they do keep. No, losing well, games. it used to be but they can't keep drawing games. They need to start winning. Yeah, and now they've just they just lost every game. So um, I think it'll be a draw. Yeah, one-all. Why not? A eh? probably a Craig Dawson header. Um, no one scored. No defender has scored as many goals as Craig Dawson since the start of the 2014-15 season as he has. No wonder teams have been linked with him. That's a positive uh, story to end on, isn't it? it? Certainly is. Certainly is. So at least uh, every cloud has a silver lining, although this silver lining seems very, very thin. Uh, again, we'd like to thank you for all your questions, comments, uh, any reviews you may have. Uh, please do drop them on. They certainly do help us. Matt, thank you for your time today. Yeah, thank you. Sorry I was a bit uh, gloomy and down. It's the combination of six defeats in a row <laughs> and a cold that won't bugger off. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure all the West Brom fans will understand that. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>